0: Good morning, I'm Anna Palmer. And I'm Jake Sherman. And welcome to The Daily Punch, brought to you by Punchful News. It's Wednesday, August 3rd, 2022. Let's get into the mix. Here are your Washington headlines of the day. Number one, the Senate made moves on the Pact Act and allowing Finland and Sweden into NATO. Number two, the five things to watch in reconciliation. And number three, what happened in last night's primaries. All right, Jake, let's get into it. The number one story... Of The morning is looking at the Senate actually taking some pretty swift action uh, on not only allowing um, both Sweden and Finland into NATO, but also this very dramatic twist and turns uh, with the PACT Act, a massive $280 billion package designed to help the millions of veterans exposed to toxic burn pits and other harmful substances during their military service. That vote, you know, we've been talking about it for the past week where Republicans had, pu- you know, pulled their support over frustration uh, with uh, Democrats and the kind of being outmaneuvered on reconciliation. That final vote was 86 to 11, ending a very uh, dramatic week uh, with the Re- Republicans facing a lot of ire over that, you know, that they were playing politics with veterans health
1: yeah so let's let's address these two things that have either happened or are about to happen pact act it was an untenable position for republicans they were having an argument over uh uh the construct of the but of the money in in the record in the pact act meaning whether it should be um uh mandatory or discretionary money um and about a bill with with uh f- for to help veterans who were exposed to toxic burn pits it was not sustainable they got nothing out of this deal um nothing out of their delay the bill passed uh, uh overwhelmingly and uh they kind of folded there which was the only position they could really have now schumer gets to move to nato uh nato swinland swinland it's not called Swindland. it's called sweden Is it? it's not sweden, oh it's not it's good swinland, to know no <laughs> but that was a combination of sweden and finland so swinland no sweden and finland are um are now going into nato and and the senate's going to overwhelmingly uh clear that move senate majority leader chuck schumer invited the ambassadors from sweden and finland or as we call it swinland to watch the vote from the gallery um uh this is obviously all in response to russia's war in ukraine um and uh so again we expect this will pass with 90 something votes it should get um it should get through relatively quickly and then that leads us to the number two story of the day anna
0: reconciliation reconciliation we, uh, we are watching five things, Jake, uh, this morning when it comes to reconciliation. I think we can kind of just ping back and forth here uh, and talk about it because obviously we have been Focus on all things reconciliation. Uh, since the Democrats made the dramatic move to uh, expand this package to something much larger than just health care uh, provisions, as almost everyone thought that that was kind of the the path that it was going to be going down. But let's talk about this. Number one, the biggest question out there that we don't know when this is going to happen, and it, it's going to really impact not only was in the legislation, but the timing of the legislation is. Where is the parliamentarian? The timeline of this entire process is dependent, Jake, uh, on where and what Elizabeth McDonough says. She's going to render that judgment on this agreement cut by Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer and Senator Joe Manchin, the Democrat from West Virginia. It's already Wednesday, and we still have not seen anything from the Birdbath on the legislation, not even on what the Burbeth on what they expected, the healthcare provisions to, you know, so that's something that went to her, you know, more than a week ago at this point. Um, you know, This is going to determine how large, how small, what actually gets in there, what doesn't. It has a massive, massive impact on what the overall package is and whether or not Democrats are ultimately going to be able to support this.
1: Yes. So, oh, uh, parl where art thou is how we put it in the newsletter this morning.
0: You're um, proud the, of that one I can tell <laughs> I
1: did this was just a very um, this is just a very uh, Jake item this morning uh, we are waiting for the parliamentarian we're not only waiting for the parliamentarian to get this uh, to figure out what's going to be in the bill but we're waiting for the parliamentarian to figure out when this bill is going to pass I mean I, I you know I don't <laughs> it's Wednesday you know so we haven't seen anything yet uh, as uh, Senator Kirsten Cinema has said, she won't even talk about what she thinks of the bill in t- with the, with the press. I mean, I'm sure she's talking to her friends or Joe Manchin about it. Um, so, you know, she is until the parliamentarian rules. So, um, you know, could they be in all weekend? Yeah, sure. They could be in this weekend. Um And I think that, uh, 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 you know, everything hinges on this one person, this one uh, uh, Elizabeth McDonough, the parliamentarian, and what she'll allow in the bill. Remember, she killed the the $15 minimum wage uh, in the American Rescue Plan in February 2021. Um, And uh, there's just a lot. There's a lot riding on this one person who determines what could be in a reconciliation package.
0: Let's talk about the number two person that lot is riding on. Uh, no surprise to anybody who's been following this. It, the number two thing to watch when it comes to reconciliation is cinema, cinema and cinema. Did we mention cinema? Uh, the entire Democratic agenda is now really at the mercy of the 46 year old senior senator from Arizona. Uh, and as you just noted, she's not sharing her position yet um and i think you know you make a good point in this morning's newsletter which is i think oftentimes people think of joe manchin and kirsten sinema as kind of a one unit of voting block as it were but that is not the case she's her own person she has negotiated when it came came to the bipartisan infrastructure package um you know she is is going to determine whether or not uh, she's going to support this on her own of course is talking to her of course their politics on a lot of things are similar um but we don't know where she's going to be she's really keeping things i mean i've been getting text messages from folks you know this whole week what do you think what what do you think it's you know where is she gonna end up how is it gonna you know you know where does where does cinema what does she need to support it um i think that there's a lot of questions here and nobody quite knows where she uh she she is at the end of the day
1: uh yeah, I mean, she doesn't talk to she. She talks to the press when she wants to. Um, the entire Democratic agenda hinges on her, uh, famously averse to tax increases. Um, so she's got a lot of leverage. But as we put it in this newsletter in the in the newsletter this morning, um, it's like a Jenga tower. You know, like you pull one piece out, the whole thing could come tumbling down. Um, and if you remove too many pieces. Um, then who knows what happened? So uh, every all eyes are on her, obviously. Uh, number three, will Wall Street win or take it on the chin? Um, so everybody's talking about the carried interest p- provision. A lot of people don't necessarily understand carried interest or understand what it means, but it basically means that um, ba- hedge fund managers, private equity managers, and some other employees of hedge funds and private equity uh, uh, funds um, pay... A twenty percent tax rate on carried interest um, instead of the normal top income, which is thirty seven percent and thirty nine point six, after twenty twenty five. So this is a big break for some rich people. Um, now, could cinema want to pull this out? Maybe. Um, we don't know the answer to that at this point. Um, we, uh, uh, it would be a major victory for wall street, which is pushing hard to get this thing out. Um, but mansion, Joe Manchin, who designed the bill basically has been telling us for a couple of days, wall street's had it good for too long. It's time for them to kind of go back to reality. We'll see. I don't, I don't know. I, I, I will have to see whether, where that, where that ends up.
0: Absolutely. The other quick thing to think about when it comes to this is insulin. Democrats want to include a proposal by Senator Raphael Warnock, the Democrat from Georgia, to cap monthly payments for insulin at $35 per month in uh this this reconciliation package the question again goes back to uh the bird rule elizabeth mcdonough um will this violate it will republicans decide to challenge it uh, this has come up before um and it has not been resolved uh, as well as and, and this is really not only impacts what's in the in the final bill potentially, but is certainly um, going to add a lot of drama to this, which is going to be the amendment vibe, right? Um, Are Republicans going to try to stick it to Democrats um, and make it as painful as possible doing a slew of politically charged amendments? Um, I expect yes, right? I mean, they're very upset, uh, to say the least, that uh, Democrats are moving forward with this larger package um, when they kind of tried to stop them, you know, and, and hold Chip's. Uh, plus hostage over that. And, uh, you know, the real question is, as we often know, though, jet fuel is an alluring uh, smell for members of Congress when they are about to try to get out for the summer recess. So they're going to have to figure out, kind of balance those two things. How much pain can they put Democrats through? But then how long do they actually want to stick around to be in Washington?
1: Yeah, I I imagine they're going to really try to uh, put some tough votes up. Obviously, these votes are not permanent. There's something called a wraparound amendment at the end of the... Voterama, they could basically nullify all the amendments with 50 votes or with with a, a vote of the of the um, of the Senate. So we'll have to see. We'll have to see if that happens. But we're in for a long couple weeks here.
0: All right, let's move on quickly to the number three story of the morning. A lot of takeaways from Tuesday's um, big primaries news here. Um, our own Max Cohn really covered this great uh, for us uh, last night. And, uh, you know, we had talked about this yesterday, this abortion rights um, abortion vote in Kansas was going to be kind of the first test of, you know, where where the voters are uh, in terms of, um, you know, kind of the post Roe versus Wade. Republicans have been making the case for weeks that, um, you know, the Supreme Court decision wasn't going to impact voters. They just don't care about abortion rights. They care about gases, they care about the economy, they care about a lot of other things. But wow, it was a big night in Kansas for abortion rights supporters, really shocking the nation when voters rejected a proposed change to the state's constitution that would have removed the right to an abortion. It was a stunning win the pro-abortion rights side, Jake, the no side garnered 60% of the vote uh, in a state that Donald Trump carried in 2020 by nearly 15 points. Pretty interesting uh, data point going into uh, the November election for those uh, pro-rights groups and voters.
1: Yeah, that's right. Um, Absolutely a huge, huge win for the pro-choice movement. Um, A uh, uh, a warning sign for Republicans who will try to push, who will theoretically try to push for nationwide abortion bans, which are incredibly, incredibly unpopular. Very few people. Believe that uh, uh, people who are women who are raped or are, are the victim of incest should be carry should be forced to carry babies. That's something that is incredibly unpopular. Republicans know that this is a sign for them to pump the brakes. They probably won't, though. Um, number I would say the other important primary was uh, two two other things: Blake Masters, one in Arizona; a Peter Thiel, and Donald Trump supported candidate, uh, will face Mark Kelly in one of the most high profile races of the of the election cycle and Haley Stevens won a very tough member on member primary in um in Uh, Michigan uh, a a race that she won actually at the end of the day quite easily 60 percent of the vote with 97 percent of the vote counted as of you know the five o'clock hour this morning that is a massive victory in a district that was much more her territory than Andy Levin's Um, Levin is obviously the son of former Congressman Sandy Levin the nephew of former Senator Carl Levin but wow what a victory for Stevens.
0: And the end of an era in Michigan politics, uh, or at least in the short term for the Levin family, which has been involved, as you noted, uh, for for decades. Um, With that, thank you so much for listening. Leave us a rating and review. You can also subscribe to our free morning newsletter uh, at punchable.news. Have a great day and stay safe.